Welcome to Rewrite the Rules, the show about women leaders in Asia. My name is Ritu Mehrish and I interview successful women leaders across Asia to discover how they are rewriting the rules of life, career and relationships. From these conversations, we will get practical and actionable tips that we can use to accelerate our own career journeys. Don't worry about writing all the points because I will summarize them at the end for you. We will also link the entire transcript in the show notes. Welcome, Leiping, to the interview. So excited to have you here. And for the listeners, this is Leiping on VP Sales Enablement for Seagate Technology. And let me emphasize, this is Global Sales Enablement, VP Sales Enablement. And her role entails training the sales organization and enabling and supporting them in their selling process. So Leiping, and I call her LP. LP, firstly, I want to start again by welcoming you. And uh, thank you for making the time. No, thank you, Ritu, for uh, inviting me to your show. Uh, it's really definitely an honor, and I'm very happy to be on this. Okay, great. So I want to start by asking, did you always want to do what you're doing today? The answer is no. Uh, when I first graduated from school, I'm an accountant by training. And being an account, taking an accounting degree, the best career move is, hey, you go work for the big four or big five then, right? For like a few years and then either you move up in the big five or you go out to work in uh, the private. So, I mean, that has been, you know, the, that career milestone when I first go to school. But however, as I uh, go into workforce, uh, I work for a Dutch company before I moved to uh, Seagate. I started out my job as the cost accountant at the factory floor. But over the years, you know, I've moved on to a different role because of um, the uh, opportunities that exist. I've moved from like, you know, finance uh, to pricing, to doing product line management, to do BD sales. And right now in this role, right, sales enablement. Never think of my career in going into the sales side. <laughs> oh, wow. That's really interesting. As you look back at your career, right, like all these different roles, has there been any one or maybe two incidents which really kind of shaped your career ahead or which shaped your journey ahead? I think that the biggest difference, I would say, is my manager, right? I think he was a um, finance director then, and then eventually he moved off to be the CFO of our company, right? Hmm. So I think he really shaped me. So when I was back, I, I graduated in US and I moved to Singapore to start my career in Singapore. So he gave hmm. me an opportunity to go, you know, go to the US to work. And I said, oh, I'm not prepared to go to the US. He said, no, go and do something. You can go there for a year and develop and see how things are in the, in, in the other side of the world, right? And I took that opportunity and I went. So that is like the turning point of my career because number one, mm. I get exposed to a lot more people within the organization. And uh, number two, I feel more comfortable in uh, expressing myself, right? Because obviously Asian culture and the US culture, the way they, the working style, that they, this is 25 years back then, right? It's different. Yeah. So I think that changes a lot of my thinking. Wow. Wow. That That is impressive. Um. LB, tell me when you went, and this is, as you said, it was 25 years back and things were quite different from what they are today. What were, what was the difference you found uh, between, you know, working, coming from Singapore and now working in the US? What were there some cultural differences? Were there some working style differences? Could you, can you remember one or two big differences? 
The biggest difference is that when you start in a career, being in Asia context, right, if you go to a meeting with all the big bosses, usually the, the, the tendency that you'll do is you be silent, sitting in a corner, taking notes of what the bosses are saying, right? Mm. And even maybe you have a voice, people is you, you don't they, they don't give the chance to articulate that voice that much. But in the US, right, when you raise a concern or you raise a question or raise any opinion, you do have this um awareness that they actually take the pause to actually listen to you what you have to say, right? So I think wow. that is the fundamental difference because number one, it is a coaching for me for things that I don't yeah. uh, that I don't think that I'm on the right track. And number two, also create that confidence if I'm on the right track. Right. There's also a gender thing, right? Like women sometimes hold themselves back a little bit yeah. um, in speaking up. Um, did you find that different difference, women leaders that you saw in Asia and versus the women leaders that you saw, let's say, in the US? I would say not a lot difference to be frank hmm. from, from a gender hmm. perspective right nice uh, especially if you work for a very male dominated industry i think it's about the hmm. acceptance of uh that women within that culture within that you know corporate environment within the industry so like for example uh our company used to be a very male dominated uh, i'll call it company right maybe that was uh, 20 years ago because this that hmm. company engineering and stuff so I would say that in every meeting that I go to, perhaps I'm the only lady that is on mm. the table. Maybe they allow the voice, but sometimes it's a, a very hard to even put their voice in front because you do not know that yeah. whether you get the support. But I think uh, over the years, in the last five years, you know, there's a lot more on diversity mm. and uh, that awareness. I'm so happy to hear that. Um, I want to come back to you, LP. Um, you've been with Seagate, like, how long if I tell you, you know my age. <laughs> no, I've been seeing it all for 22 years. Wow. Okay. So there are lots of questions that are coming to my mind, starting with um, what made you stay for 22 years? It's the, it's the many opportunities, my years of my experience. Uh, the last 22 years, I moved uh, to many organizations within the company, number one. Mm. And then from the lowest level, from a very junior accountant all the way to where I am today, right? So I think that the opportunity and that, um, that that motivation for me to stay and obviously the people, I think that the culture and the people is, is, is important, right? I think along the way, I, I find my support system within the organization as I going through each of my career milestone. Not just career milestone, it's the personal milestone, right? Yeah. I've got same set of co-workers and friends going through marriage, motherhood, taking care of aging parents. The culture here is very supportive and we meet uh, people of the same situation. Nice. But I also want to shine the spotlight on you because while, of course, the organization provides the opportunity, uh, provides all the right culture, what drove you to move to so many different roles and keep succeeding? Um, I think, first of all, I like to do uh, new things. Like maybe I, I like to do new things every two or three years. I do not see myself doing the same work for 20 years. So in every role I go to, I don't keep myself in the box that this is my role and this is what I should be doing. In fact, I, I usually try to approach a situation or a challenge from an end-to-end -end perspective, you know, how do I solve 
the company problem. How do I solve this situation? So that enabled me to meet a lot of different people from different departments and different set of expertise. And through those conversations, opportunity to arises. So because of that, I never think like, hey, in three years, I've been in cost accounting. And then in four years, I'm going to FP&A. In like three years, I'm going to uh, PLM. No, that's never been my checklist. I would mm. say that it's uh, that every role kind of naturally progress to the next role. Mm. Mm. But what are some of the risks that you've taken, LP, that, that's given you this success? Well, some role that may sound interesting, but it's like, you know, you start to self-doubt yourself. You say that, hey, mm. maybe I don't have the DNA. I don't have, you know, the personality to do this type of role, right? So for me, as an example, hmm. I, I enjoy doing things that, they are, that I feel very comfortable is, And one of the things that I feel very comfortable with is numbers and financial because this is my yeah. strong background. And things that I don't feel comfortable with is, you know, like... um go out to make a sales pitch, making big presentations to a big group of people. So uh, there was a time when I was uh, working very closely with my, um, I'll call it my business partner then, he was the head of sales. And uh, one day he just said, why don't you try the sales role? There's a sales job. I think it would be exciting for you to go try it. I was like, oh no, that is not my DNA. I'm not going to do it. But uh, after, you know, a while and I keep thinking about this, I say, yeah, maybe I should go do it because like if I want to try a new role, mm. the least risk I would probably take would be with doing it with the same company and yeah. doing the people that you have experience with. So that is why I'm, I took, you know, the biggest risk of my career is moving from like, you know, a very internal facing role to a very external facing role. That was maybe about seven, eight years back. But thinking back to where I am today, I think that role helped me to get to where I am today. Yeah, yeah. That's such a great example. And do you want to tell us what kind of sales were you talking about in numbers? Because I know those are big sales numbers. It's not like a small regional sales role that you're talking about. It was a role that really developing is a market that our company is very interested in because that was the biggest growth or seems to be like the biggest role for the, for, for the company. So I took on, I think the revenue was about $850 million. So yeah. I took, I, I go on that job for four years and it's a global role. The company really do trust me to rehire my salespeople around the world. And I've grew that revenue. Um, I think before I left, it was a $1.2 billion business. It's like at least, you know, 10% of the company revenue. And uh, at that point in time, it was uh, one of the highest uh, profitable uh, business for the company. Wow. Wow. Those numbers are like, well done. I mean, that was a calculated risk, but that's a risk you took, right? And it paid yeah. off so well. Um, but it's also about you uh, pushing yourself out, uh, outside of your comfort zone or really pushing yourself to try something new, right? No, I think that the why I do well was really, I, I really have to thank my uh, manager and uh, my boss then, right? He, he He's a natural salesperson, right? Hmm. But he's also a very balanced salesperson in the sense you need to hey, balance internally on, you know, what is the best for the company. So I hmm. think that coaching really helps me. Coming from internal and coming from finance, you tend to move more towards, say, I want to protect the company. But sometimes out in the, with the customer, you need to have that soft scale. The sales team's DNA is very different from a finance DNA. So I yeah. think that coaching, that consistent coaching, and the time that my boss invests in me enable me to be uh, this successful. Yeah. 
Yeah, clearly I do see your boss being such an ally and such a supporter. But also I know that as a leader and as a woman leader, um, it would not have come without any challenges along the way. So as you look back, uh, LP, what have been the one or two key challenges in this journey of yours? I would say that uh, at the start of the career is uh, the balance between the you know, personal life milestones with the career advancements uh, milestone, especially that, for example, the move to the US is not easy. I need to leave my family, but obviously there's uh, considerations. And mm-hmm. then um, when I moved back to Singapore, when I you know first have kids and stuff, I, I couldn't travel, right? I-, I-, I told my boss then that, hey, I-, I may need to take a bad seat for like three years, you know, mm-hmm. but I was still can work whatever opportunity that exists in Singapore, I definitely want to explore. But just that for the three years, I-, I couldn't travel. So this is the balance. And then uh, obviously, as you go up in your career, you need to take some personal sacrifice, but I'm very happy that I have a very strong support system. Uh, I stay with my parents-in-law. My mother-in-law is my best friend. She Mm. took care of a lot of all my domestic household things for me. That's that's so good to know. Um, Were there there times where you felt you felt overwhelmed or you felt, oh, it's going off balance? Yeah, especially when uh, you're overseas and uh, your girls uh, had a bad day in school and then she call you and then start crying. It's just that those are the, uh, I'll call it the bad days. Yeah. It's about how you manage and how you uh, balance things up along that way. Definitely have to find that um emotional balance family come first i mean that's what i truly believe because one of my very good friend uh that i worked with uh 18 years ago she was one of my mentor as well she once told me that that even though i'm very busy i need to stop what i'm doing at work to go attend to my father or to my mother who is going through a very tough time because in the years to come you will never remember what you are working on but you will always remember you wasn't there with your loved ones. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's so well said. Um, you know, in a male-dominated industry and sales is primarily, again, it's changing and it's changing yep. very fast, but sales traditionally has been, again, more male-dominated function. Um, how did you navigate that? Uh, be assertive. People may come to you, like especially people of other agenda and say that, why are you doing in this, this industry? You know, this mm. industry is not for females. So I got comment. Yeah. So, I mean, and then you just take it positively and say, oh yeah, I think this industry has the biggest, you know, opportunity. I'm here to learn, you know, I hope that I can learn from people like you. <laughs> and then as, as you build it, it's not just for me, for me, you build for the next generation. If I ask young employees, like especially female, they say, oh, because there is all these people in the community that give us that confidence that we're making the right choice. Because we do see you and the other sales uh, leaders or female leadership to be the inspiration. That's so well said because, you know, as you said, you're role modeling for uh, the younger leaders. Um, I want to ask you if you were to look back again, because you've had such an illustrious career, what advice would you have for your younger self? I will say that. Relax a little bit. I mean, in, in life or in career and in person, it's a marathon, right? Uh, sometimes if you run too fast, you don't slow down. You, you may lose the beautiful moment along the way, right? Because every time you get into a bad challenge and so you want to move faster, right? Just get mm. away. But sometimes you forgot to see the learnings you get out of that. So mm. I think slow down a little bit, think 
think about things and then move forward. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, if you were to give one advice to the emerging women leaders, and especially women leaders in Asia, what would your advice be? I would say that um, be assertive, trust yourself, have that confidence that mm-hmm. you have the same capability of doing the role that you performed. Um, just put it through. And then sometimes if you get into a bad day, just be positive and move forward. And most importantly, get a support group, like a young uh, people who is in the, um, in the same industry, like female mm-hmm. leaders or co-workers. That will give us that support, right? Can bounce ideas with each other and support and move things forward. Great, great. Um, thank you so much, Elpi. There's, I know there's so much for our listeners and audience to, to gain from this. And if I were to summarize our conversation, there were a few things that stood out for me. The first one that you said was about taking calculated risk, which in your story is so inspiring because taking that risk of taking a big sales role and how you went on to grow that sales role. The other thing that stood out for me, what you said is emotional balance. So we always talk about work-life balance and things like that, but you said emotional balance, there'll be good days, there'll be bad days. How do you find that right balance? And the third piece that I really took from this is have a support group. And uh, and mm-hmm. I love the fact that you talked about your in-laws being that support group for you. Um, but also apart from that, you were lucky to have this great manager who supported you uh, through your career. So, so many learnings from there. So thank you so much, um, Leiping. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for staying with us till the end. If you enjoyed today's discussion, please take a moment to subscribe to the show, rate us five stars and leave a review. This really helps others find the show. And that means a lot to us. Thank you for joining us today. This is Ritu with Rewrite the Rules podcast. See you next time.